Pastor Chris's podcast. So Vacation Bible School is coming up soon, and it will be a fun time. It is always a fun time when kids get to learn about Jesus and the Word of God and also have fun. And, and, and it's fun for the adults, too, as we get to be together and be with the kids. And we learn a lot. I think as we teach, we learn as well. So it'll be a fun time, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I know the kids are really looking forward to it this year because uh, they've, they've not been able to do a lot of group activities. So I hope that we'll be able to do that and do it well and do it safely. And that's what we are planning for on July the 12th through the 16th. We will be studying themes and passages each day in Vacation Bible School, basically from the uh, book of Acts, as we learn about the New Testament church and how Jesus' power pulled them through. We'll be pretending like we're riding on a a vacation Bible school train. It'll be a big train theme. And um, the theme is Jesus' power pulls us through. Say that with me. Jesus' power pulls us through. So a train locomotive is a powerful engine that can pull a long train of cars. And it pulls tons and tons of weight behind it. It has the power to do that. And Jesus is the powerful Son of God who has the power to pull us through anything that we face. Last week we learned how Jesus' power helps us do hard things. And today we're going to learn how Jesus' power gives us hope. Jesus' power gives us hope. Let's say that together. Jesus' power gives us hope. So I want to set up the scripture I'm going to to uh, read today. You might remember from last week's lesson, we, we learned about a man named Saul who was not a Christian and who was trying to destroy the Christian church. He was going around from place to place arresting Christians um, and seeing them tortured and some even murdered. He wanted to get rid of Christianity. But Jesus showed up and he changed Saul. Um, and Saul actually converted, and Saul became a Christian himself. So he went from a man who was trying to get rid of Christianity to being one of the leading proponents of Christianity, going from town to town to town, encouraging people to believe in Jesus Christ and become a Christian too. And so Paul's life had changed so, Saul's life had changed so dramatically, he changed his name. He was no longer called Saul, he was now called Paul. And he went around from town to town telling everybody about Jesus. Now, some of his old friends who didn't like Christians were very upset that Paul was now making people Christians and telling them about Jesus. And so in one town that he went to, a bunch of people that didn't like Christians got together and they started a riot. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) We heard about that in the news these days. So they started this big riot And they blamed Paul. They said, Paul is the reason why all these people are rioting and destroying property and and causing civil unrest. And so the authorities arrested Paul and put him in jail. Now, if you think that the justice system today has problems, you can't imagine the justice system 2,000 years ago in Paul's day had all kinds of problems. There really was no justice. It was about who had money, who could pay the bribes to get out of jail, and if you couldn't pay bribes to get out of jail, whether you were guilty or not, there you would sit. 
And so Paul was stuck in jail. And um, he couldn't get a fair hearing. And finally, he, he appealed to Caesar in Rome, and he was going to get to have a trial before Caesar. That for us would be sort of like going to the Supreme Court and having them hear your case. This is the highest, most powerful, the final authority in the land. So Paul was going to go to Rome, and um, finally he hoped have a fair hearing about his case. But more important than that, of course he wanted to have a fair hearing, but more important than that, he wanted to go to Rome because Rome was the most important city in the world at the time. He wanted to go to Rome so that he could tell people there about Jesus. Because he knew if he could tell people about Jesus in Rome and they began to believe about Jesus in Rome, it would spread all over the world. And that's what Paul wanted. He wanted everyone to know about Jesus and to believe in Him. But in order to get to Rome, you had to sail across the Mediterranean Sea all the way to Italy. And so that's where we're going to pick up the story. The sailing season, now today if you want to get on a boat and go somewhere, you can go anytime you want. But that was not the case in Paul's day because they didn't have motors on their boat. Everything was dependent upon sailing and the wind and whether the weather was safe to sail in or not. So they would only sail between May and October. That was the time for sailing. And so after the season of Pentecost, they got in the boat and they set sail for Rome. And uh, that's where we pick up the story in Acts chapter 27 and verses 20 through, 20, 20 through 44. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and stars until at last all hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all of this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night... An angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in His goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as He said. He will be, we, but we will be ship, shipwrecked on an island. About midnight, on the fourteenth night of the storm, as we were being driven across the Sea of Adria, the sailors sensed land was near. They dropped a weighted line and found that the water was 120 feet deep. But a little later, they measured again and found it was only 90 feet deep. At this rate, they, would, they were afraid that they would soon be driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, you, must, you will all die unless the sailors stay on board. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and, it, and let it drift away. Just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You have been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks, he said. Please eat something now for your own good, for you are for not a hair on your head will perish. 
Then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all, and broke off a piece of it and ate it. Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat, all 276 of us who were on board. After eating, the crew lightened the ship further by throwing the cargo of wheat overboard. When morning dawned, they they didn't realize... They didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach and wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground. So they cut off the anchors and left them in the sea. Then they lowered the rudders, raised the foresail, headed towards shore. But they hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. The bow of the ship stuck fast, while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and began to break apart. The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape. But the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul, so he didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. The others held onto onto planks or debris from the ship, from the broken ship. So So everyone escaped safely to the shore. This is the word of God. For the people of God, whoop, thanks be to God. Now, I think that this story is going to be really meaningful for the kids that come to Vacation Bible School. Um, they got an activity where you actually pretend like you're on a boat and you're going through this whole story, so you're acting it out, and the kids are going to love that when we do it. But I think that this is something that's really going to resonate with the kids at Vacation Bible School as well. You see, it's a story that really resonates with the most vulnerable people, if you think about it. You can't get much more vulnerable than being on a boat in the middle of a terrible storm that lasted for two weeks in the Mediterranean The first century, understand, boats back then were not built as sturdily as they are today. These things were just built by, uh, you know, wood and rope, and um, I don't even know if they had nails back then. Certainly didn't have nails and screws the way we have them. Everything was handmade. And so these boats, um, and they had no motors. They were completely dependent upon the wind, and you couldn't just turn into the waves like you could do today. So... Um, it, was just, it was a harrowing experience to travel by sea in the first century if a storm like that came up. And, guess what? There was no Coast Guard. There's no Coast Guard to come save you if you got into trouble. You're on your own. How would you feel to be on a flimsy boat sailing in the middle of a storm and the boat is about to sink? That is about as vulnerable as you can get. The only thing that could make it more vulnerable was to be Paul. Because Paul's on that boat in chains. And there's soldiers gathered all around him. And um, these soldiers have orders not to let anyone escape. And there was a saying that if you were a soldier and your, your prisoner escaped, you had to take their place. So imagine Paul and all these people standing around you with swords. And the ship's about to go down. And you can't swim because you got your arms you know, chained. And the soldiers want to kill you. That is about as vulnerable as you can get. He was totally helpless. But God was on Paul's side, and that gave Paul hope. And Paul shared that hope with everyone that was around him, even the ones that wanted to kill him. Now, think about kids. 
Think about those kids that will be coming to vacation Bible school. They are the most vulnerable people of all in our society. There's a lot of dangerous, scary things happening in our world, but they are also kids. They are the most vulnerable people in the world, and they have little to no choice about what happens to them. They're kind of like Paul, who's on the ship, and he has to do whatever his captors tell him to do. Kids have to do whatever they're told to do. Their parents, their teachers tell them what to do, and they have to do it. Even if it's scary, even if, it's hurt, even if it hurts, even if they don't want to do it. If, the, if they say, um, go to school, and they don't want to go to school, they have to go. If they want to go to school, and they say, don't go to school, they can't go. They have to do what they're told. <coughs> do you ever feel vulnerable like that? Do you ever feel like everyone else is telling you what you can and can't do? And you just feel like you have to do it no matter what? Even if you don't agree? Even if you don't like it? Do you ever feel helpless and vulnerable? If you've ever felt like that, or if you feel like that right now, this story is for you. I hope you hear the message of this story in God's Word for you today. And it boils down to this. Jesus' power gives us hope. Jesus had a purpose for Paul. He wanted Paul to go and to preach the good news to people everywhere. And, and, and ultimately, he wanted him to go to Rome the most important city in the world, and tell people there about Jesus. And so nothing was going to stop this from happening. This was God's plan. This was Jesus' purpose. And so Jesus sent an angel to reassure Paul, nothing is going to stop this from happening. You are going to Rome. I'm going to make sure that you get there. You are going to be alright. Even though this boat is going to sink, you will survive. Jesus had a purpose for Paul. And Jesus has a purpose for the kids that will be coming to Vacation Bible School this summer. We have the privilege of being with them and helping them to discover their purpose as children of God. We have the privilege of helping them to know that God loves them and that God is with them. Even though they are helpless and vulnerable, they are not alone because the most powerful person in the universe is on their side. We have the privilege of helping them to know this and helping them to know that Jesus saves and that they can even have life with meaning and purpose now and ultimately they can have eternal life when their life on this earth is over. We have the privilege of helping them to know that. Jesus has a purpose for those kids. Jesus has a purpose for you too. Jesus is not going to let anything stop you from fulfilling your purpose in this life. So we can be encouraged. We can have faith and we can trust in God. Because even when your purpose in this life is fulfilled, Jesus offers us eternal life. And so when our time here on earth is over, we still have eternity to look forward to where we will be with God forever, where there will be no more suffering and no more sickness. There will be no more 10-year-olds that have a disorder that they lose their life. 
There'll be no more 18-year-olds that die unexpectedly at Lake Hartwell. Whatever the terrible, unfortunate things that we fear and happen in this life, they will never, ever happen again in eternity because God is going to make everything perfect and right. He's going to right all of the injustice that we see. He's going to make us all feel safe because we won't have anything to worry about. We'll be in the presence of God forever and ever. Jesus loves you so much that He died for you. And if Jesus cared enough to die for you on the cross, He's not going to abandon you now. No matter what storm you might be going through in this life, Jesus is with you. I hope that you trust Him. I hope you'll put your hope in Him. Psalm chapter 31, verse 24 says, So be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. Are you putting your hope in the Lord in the midst of the storm you're facing right now? As we end today, I want to say a prayer for you and everyone that's joining us today. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord Jesus, I thank You so much for everything You've done for us. I'm so thankful that You love us enough to give Your life for our sake so that our sins can be forgiven and washed clean and so that we can trust that God will save us in the end. In this life, we have a purpose that was bought by Your blood and You are going to help us fulfill it. And when our time comes to... to come to the end of our life here in this world, we know that we will be with You forever in eternity. And so in the meantime, Lord, I pray that love will overflow more and more in everyone's life and that we will keep on growing in our knowledge of what You want from us and our understanding of how we ought to live our life. Lord, I pray that everyone who is here and everyone who is listening to this will understand what really matters in life so that we can live pure and blameless lives until the day You return. For Lord, there's one thing that's sure. You said You were coming back and we know that You will come back in our lifetime. Whether You're coming in the clouds for everyone all at one time or maybe You're coming for us, each one individually because our time on this earth is over. And we are going to eternity to be with You. So Lord, as we wait for Your return, may we all be filled with Your Spirit and filled full of the fruit of salvation, living with righteous character and, and love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control, that we might bring glory to God our Father in heaven. Jesus, I also want to pray for the kids that will be coming to be part of our Vacation Bible School. These young people are so full of potential and have such bright futures that lie before them. At the same time, Lord, they, they are the most vulnerable people in our world today. They have to do what they are told. And they have to go where they are led. But Lord God, You're leading them to us. We're going to do our very best to take care of them and to love them, and to show them your good and perfect will.
So we pray for them and we pray for the volunteers that will be helping to do that. Please guide us each to teach them well, to care for them, and to help them to have eyes to see and ears that hear and hearts that are full of love. Lord, this is our prayer. We make it in your name. Amen. to